0: When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant." Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised." And God said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but Sarah your wife shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and multiply him greatly. He shall father 12 princes, and I will make him into a great nation but i will establish my covenant with isaac whom sarah shall bear to you at this time next year when he had finished talking with him god went up from abraham then abraham took ishmael his son and all those born in his house or bought with his money every male among the men of abraham's house and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day as god had said to him abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin and Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very day, Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised. All the men of his house, those born in the house, and those bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him.
1: My name is Nick. Um, I'm on staff here at Crosspoint. I oversee our uh, worship ministries and student ministries, and so... Um, one of the things that I like to ask um, new people that come to Crosspoint that have been here for a little bit um, is, you know, what what are some things that um, that, that you guys like and appreciate about, about Crosspoint? And a thing that we hear a common thread is expository preaching. We love that Crosspoint goes verse by verse. Um, we don't dodge um, awkward or difficult texts. Um, and I as well fall in that category. I love that um, up until today um, where I got assigned... <laughs> I was assigned this text and uh, and told good luck. We'll be praying for you, and uh, so yeah. So we um, there's never have I struggled with um, coming up with a title um, for a sermon as much as I did this week. So David Watkins will have a sheet back here at the table. If you've got a good idea for a title, we'll put it on the podcast. So um, we'll pick the best one. But yeah. So we're we're gonna um, we're gonna look in detail um, at this passage at this covenant. Um, of circumcision with um, with God and um, Abraham. And so um, as, as awkward as it may seem, so kids, if, if this is something you've never heard, ask, ask your parents. Parents, you're welcome. Um, if, if you're an older adult, uh, ask somebody that you trust um, if you don't know what we're talking about. So um, yeah, so um, up until this point in, um, in Genesis, we've seen this. Uh, this growing problem since chapter three. So chapter three, um, Adam and Eve uh, take and eat of the fruit, disobey um, God, um, God's plan um, for them in the garden, and um, they uh, they sin, rebel against God, and so from that moment on, um, there's a fracture. Um, generation after generation um, from them uh, are, are born into this this slavery of sin. Um, they can't they can't shake it. Um, you see. Pretty soon after that, that Cain kills his brother Abel. Um, Adam's descendants continue to grow in number. Um, God sees the wickedness of man um, and, and how how wickedness had grown, and it grieves him. Um, and he, conti- he continues to, um, to uh, carry out his plan, and he um, decides that he's going to wipe um, man from the face of the earth. And so he spares some animals um, and one family, um, Noah, um, his family and some animals, um, are spared, and so um, for a moment it seems to remove the problem. Like on the surface, you're reading the story, you're like, "Okay, we got rid of all the wickedness. Now, now we're good. Noah, Noah and his family are solid." Um, but it still sin still remains. Um, that that um, that cancer still remains within humanity. And so, because um, pr- pretty soon after that, we see Noah um, starts growing some grapes, figures out how to make wine, and then he's drunk in his tent. Um, and we see that, that sin continues on, um, and then it continues to grow. We see this, this problem um, spreading all throughout um, humanity. And so uh, Romans chapter 8, um, verses 7 and 8, um, refer to this problem. All throughout Scripture, we see um, this, this problem of sin referred to as the flesh, outworkings of the flesh, um, the sinful nature. So in, in chapter, chapter 8, verse 7 and 8, it says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And so the flesh is contrary to the very nature um, of God. Um, and so at this, at this point in our story, in chapter 17, um, we see that man's, man's heart is dead and calloused um, towards the things of God. Um, and so, we see um, we see in chapter 17 where God uh, God comes um, to Abraham, um, speaks to him again. It's it, Abraham's now 99 years old. Um, he's he's getting up there in years. Um, Ishmael, um, the son that um, was birthed to him um, by Hagar, is is now 13. So um, in Hebrew culture, he's now he's now a man, um, and and so it's been 13 years since he was born. Um, and, and it's been about twenty-three years since, um, since, since around chapter fifteen, where God makes this this covenant with Ab- with Abram, and He tells him, um, "You are going to be the father of many nations." Um, and so, I am sure, I am sure Abraham, Abram at this moment is looking. He, he's like, "Man, what? What's like? I am ninety-nine years old. Where are all these these descendants that that are going to number um, the stars? And um, when, when is this going to happen?" Um, and and so, uh, so God. Speaks to Abram in uh, chapter chapter seventeen, and uh, he says in verse three. Then he's in verse four, sorry. Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I've made you the father of a multitude of nations. And so um, here, God changes Abram's name um, to be Abraham, which means the father of a multitude. Um, and, and so one there's there's a couple um, things that, about this covenant um, here in, in chapter 17 that I think are, are neat for us to to look in detail at and and, um, and notice one of the things is that God um, and God says that Abraham's going to be the father of a multitude of nations. And so a couple chapters back at Babel, um, we have the, this, this sin of pride within man um, scatters. So the result of that is that they're scattered. So nations are scattered all over the earth, and you've got um, many different nations that are separated. Um, and so this is, this is a, um, a change in the story where we see, like, through, Ab- through Abraham, all those nations are starting to come through his line, they're going to start to come back, um, and, and so um, it's a foreshadowing um, of um, the worship that we see um, in Revelation chapter chapter seven. Um, that that every nation, tribe, and tongue and people um, will one day worship um, the one true God, um, and so so that scattering of the nations will one one day be um, brought back and united under. Um, under Abraham's um, spiritual lineage, um, in Romans um, chapter six, um, sorry, Romans chapter nine, um, verses six six through eight, it says, "But it is not as though the word of God has failed. For not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel, and not all are children of Abraham because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named." This means it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. And so this is good news for you and I, because um, last time I checked, there's not a lot of us that are of Jewish descent, um, and so we're not of the lineage of the direct lineage of Abraham, but we're, we're sons and daughters um, of God, heirs of the promise because of, because of Christ, and we'll see some more parallels in that um, here in a little bit. There's a... Uh, there's a songwriter from my, from my childhood, maybe some of you guys have um, used to listen to Rich Mullins, um, a great, great Christian songwriter. Um, there's a song that I was reminded of this week, um, studying, um, called Sometimes by Step. And it says, um, sometimes I, I think of Abraham, um, how one star that he saw had been lit for me. And so when, when Abraham looked up at the, at the stars, um, he, he was seeing this multitude of nations, um, each each person um, who who would um, who would be purchased um, by Christ um, and be uh, heirs of the promise and so um, so it's kind of kind of neat neat imagery um, to look um, towards that so the second thing that we see um, in this in this promise this this covenant that God's making with Abraham is that God will make a great nation directly from the line of a- Abraham as well um, so his physical lineage um, will be a great nation. Um, later on, this great nation would be later referred to as Israel, um, as God's chosen people. Um, in verse six, um, he says, "I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations." Um, this this is a special covenant that's unique um, to Israel alone. No other people group at that time um, had this relationship with the Creator God. Um, God says, "I'm going to make a great nation um, from this people." Um, and then he says, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring and throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And so he says, I will be God to you and to your offspring after you. God is choosing a people for himself, um, to have, um, to, to, to be their God for them and for them to be his people. Um, he's choosing to reveal to them who he is so that they would worship him, um, and, and that. Um, they, they would be able to see how great he is and they would respond um, in worship and adoration um, of the creator God. And so we, we, when we move on through the text, we see um, it kind of takes a turn in, uh, in verse 10. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall c- circumcise, You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. And so, you know, in your normal like, Bible reading plan, if you're reading from Genesis on, I think a lot of us have read over this story and been like, okay, yeah, circumcision, cool. We haven't really looked into, um, at least I, I hadn't before this, looked into, into the depth and beauty of the intentionality of God in this. And so you ask the question, why, why circumcision? Like to make a covenant, why, why that? Why that organ? Why, why this process? <laughs> and and so, um, it, it, yeah, it's 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 um, it's oddly beautiful at the intentionality of God um, through through Him. He, he doesn't do things by um, by chance. Everything has reason and purpose. And so, I want us to see some of these um, together, just the beauty of the intentionality of God, and let that stir our hearts um, to worship Him and to see. Um, him for who He is. So first, um, circumcision was a, a unique mark for the people of Israel. Nobody else at this day and age um, were doing that. It was, it was um, instituted um, primarily for the people of Israel. Um, it was a mark that was unique to God's people. Um, one of the other practical things is when, when, when you, um, scientifically, when you cut off flesh, flesh remains, it no longer remains alive. Flesh dies um, and so, uh, so this, early, earlier we recapped um, kind of the last 16 chapters of, of Genesis as we see this growing problem of sin and the flesh. Um, and, and so there's, there's a symbolic um, nature within circumcision of, of God showing the importance of his people to mortify the flesh, the sinful nature, that, that the flesh needs to be cut off in order that they might live. Um, and so we see this, um, we see s- circumcision Um, being symbolic um, of the need to mortify or to to kill sin. Um, God, in calling a people, is also going to purify a people um, for himself. And so um, God God shows us in this that sin separates us from him. And so in order to commune with God in the way that he's intended, um, we cannot be um, in sin, slaves to sin. We must mortify the flesh, kill the flesh. And so um, this physical act is symbolic of putting to death the sinful nature. Um, there's a quote that I've heard a couple of our pastors use this in, in preaching by uh, John Owen that says, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. Um, it's, it's this picture of, of, of how we as, as, as God's people cannot be indifferent towards sin. Um, sin is affecting us, it's affecting our worship, our lives and so we must, we must mortify it, we must put it to death. The third thing is, is that cutting... Um, in this sense, is also a reminder to Israel that they've been cut out of the world um, to be set apart. That word um, "covenant" in the Hebrew um, means "cut out," um, and so God, um, in in calling a people, um, cuts them out of the world and sets them apart. And so they're different from the world. They're no longer um, they no longer should look like the world. They no longer act like the world. Um, they're they're God's people. They're different. Um, and so this cutting is a reminder of that—that that, that they're to be set apart. We're going to talk a little bit later on about what that means for us in the New Testament church. Um, another side—a side note um, here—you uh, read again some of these seemingly random details uh, on on the eighth day. Why? Why does God choose the eighth day for um, for males to be circumcised? Um, when our kids were born, they they uh, they gave them a, a vitamin K booster shot um, right after they were born. The vitamin K helps helps the blood clot. Um, and so if the baby has to have any kind of a procedure or anything done, that they, they, they have to have the ability to have their blood clot or else they'll bleed to death. And so the creator of blood and how the body works said on the eighth day, which, which happens to be they run tests and to see that on the eighth day, vitamin K naturally is at its highest, highest peak um, on the eighth day. And so it's no, no random coincidence that God said on the eighth day, um, this is when you should do this. Um, to every uh, every Hebrew um, boy, um, an intentional God that we that we serve and worship. Um, so, verse fourteen. Uh, so God says, "Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people, for he has broken my covenant." So, those who do not obey and are not circumcised will be cut off. Um, or removed from God's people. Um, This is a warning to those who who are not obedient um, to God's commands. Um, It's disobedient to not partake in the physical act of circumcision, but there's also spiritual implications um, for those people um, who did not partake in in that. They were were cut off and removed from God's people. Um, And so for us, um, this is similar for us in the New Testament church, um, that, that it's important for us to remain connected to God's people. Um, a, a sign of a person being in Christ is to be connected to god 's people, not alone and, and doing your own thing um, it 's a communal um, effort um, to uh, to run the good race and finish um, finish well and so um, at crosspoint um, we we have what 's called covenant membership um, and so as as members, we're, we're joining a body um, of believers, and we're covenanting to to serve and to fight sin and to live transparently among one another, be known, and to make Him known, um, and and to know God as well. And so, um, and, and our leadership is covenanting um, to to oversee our souls and to hold us accountable to that. Um, and so, it's 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 really easy to to jet um, when when you're you're not all the way in, right? to when when you say hey i'm I'm in this um, it's it's a lot harder to leave um, and it, and it's it, it it's it's a struggle to be held accountable but it's good it's good for your souls to be um, to be in covenant with god's people um, with each other so God calls his people into covenant with himself but he also calls us into covenant with one another um, the second thing to see in this in this covenant um, is is that uh, the second large aspect is that it's no, it's no random coincidence that Abraham is, is unable to father the, children, the child of the promise until after um, he's circumcised. And so circumcision for Abraham was a denial of his own flesh and an act of trusting God. And so no, no amount of willpower in Abraham could produce a child, right? Um, God alone proves himself to be sovereign over um, the, the fertility of, of, of Sarah. Um, and, and of, um, of Abraham's seed. And so um, God alone shows himself to be sovereign over this. Um, the promise of Abraham being fruitful carries throughout generation to generation. I think it's neat when we look ahead at, at Exodus chapter one, um, it says, after Joseph and his brothers have died, uh, it says, the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. And so when every male um, Hebrew boy was circumcised, it was a reminder that it's not you, it's not your flesh, your willpower, your strength that makes your nation great, it's God. And so it's, it's this denial of the flesh, it's the denial that um, for them that, that, that the power of man, to, to their, their armies weren't what's, what was gonna make them big and great, it was God, um, God alone, um, and, and faith in in. Trusting who he is and his and his promise that he would make them a great nation. Um, I think another thing that we um, sometimes read through this and and just kind of take it for granted is that the the miracle of a ninety year old woman giving birth um, to a baby and the father being ninety nine um, that being a miracle in and of itself as well, where God displays His power um, that He's He is sovereignly in control um, of of this, and so. Um, I want us to flip over to um, Romans chapter 4. Because of uh, our testimony time today, I think I may have to trim some of the, the end of the sermon off. It's no coincidence either. Um, but, uh, okay, so Romans 4. Romans 4 um, Paul is writing this letter to the church at Rome, and um, there's, there's Jews that are reading this, there's Greeks that are reading this, so there's people that have, um, that have been circumcised, there's people that have not. Um, and so he's, uh, earlier in chapter four, he's, he, um, he lets them know that, that, that Abraham was not found righteous because of the circumcision. The act of circumcision did not save Abraham. Um, that didn't make him righteous, his faith did. And it actually says that he was found faithful before God told him to, um, to be circumcised. Um, his faith counted him as righteous before then. Um, one of the things, though, that I, th- I think I-, I, love, I love about the Old Testament um, and God's intentionality is this, is that this covenant was good, um, but it points to something greater and something better um, for us. The story of God's covenant um, points to a better um, and complete covenant purchased um, by the blood of Jesus um, let's pick up in Romans chapter four, verse, verse 20. It says, no unbelief made, this is speaking of Abraham, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. And that is why his faith was, his, was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for, for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. So those of us who, who have faith and trust in Jesus um, as Lord, it will also be counted to us as righteous. So the faith um, to believe is, is what counts us as righteous, not um, not keeping the law, not, um, not works. Um, and so, um. So we see here that a new a new Adam um, would be born from the physical line of Abraham, um, and he would be the perfect promised child. He would come to do that which we could not do, and by by faith we inherit the promise, and we become um, heirs of of Abraham and sons and daughters of of God. Um, one of the things that I I, th- I was thinking about as as um, as I was studying through this this covenant and. Um, kind of even thinking through the name change um, for Abraham and, and for, for Sarah, um, God gave, gave them a new identity um, in, in initiating that covenant and in cutting them out. Um, they, were, they were no longer, um, it was no longer Abram and Sarai, it was Abraham and Sarah. And so they were given a new identity um, being set apart from um, what they were. And and so um, so for us as New Testament believers, Um, through faith in Christ, we've also been cut out um, of the world, and we've been set apart for worship and for mission. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy, which means different and without blemish and so God has chosen a people we've been grafted into that um, through faith in Christ um, he's chosen a people and set them apart and so for us that means as followers of Jesus we we um, we should look different not not for the sake of of being different not to be proud and, uh, prideful of our differences because um, that's legalism um, but but different because um, God has made himself known to us um, God has has cut off the covering over our hearts and over our eyes to see to see who He is and to see um, to see that He is is the only one that can can give life and so um, so for us we've been given new identity in that and uh, and so f- for the people of Israel we 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 see as 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 you go throughout um, the rest of the Old Testament you see that the people of Israel forget their identity they forget that God had pulled them out and set them apart and so later on we'll we'll see that. Um, when, when Moses goes up um, to get the Ten Commandments, the people um, begin to, to worship idols and, and, and chase after things like the rest of the world does. And they turn to other things to worship instead of remembering that God has set them apart to worship him and to um, to follow him. And so it's the same for us. It's, as, as we live this Christian life, we're, we're pulled to and fro as far as what our identity is. Is our, is our identity wrapped up in um, image and um, and uh, material things, or is our identity wrapped up in um, being um, sons and daughters heirs of of a better kingdom? And so for us, it this this looks different um, from the world in how we how we spend our money, um, how how we um, invest our time and our energy um, in in, in kingdom oriented things instead of um, the kingdom of self. And so it's a question to ask um, each, for each of us to ask ourselves. Um, are, are, we, um, are we different? Do we, do we, are, we set, are we living our lives set apart from the world um, that, that God has cut us out um, from that? Um, we now, through the spirit living within us, see who God is, and we're being transformed into someone who isn't marked by sin and death anymore. Um, we're now somebody who's been marked by the blood of Jesus. Um, and so we, we make no, like Paul says, we make no provision for the flesh. We, we put the flesh to death. Um, the flesh tells you that this life is for you and your pleasure and your enjoyment and you make what you want of and you do what feels good. Um, but God says you don't live by the flesh, you live by the spirit. And so we, we, we operate differently as the body of Christ. And so um, in that being on mission, um, inviting people to see and trust in who God is, um, so, for the New Testament Church, um, we we have um, what are called sacraments um, that that are that are signs and marks of um, of God's covenant, God's new covenant through through Jesus. And so, um, one of those um, is baptism. That, that we'll have a baptism service next week. Um, and and so, um, when when somebody is baptized, um, it, it's a picture of being buried with Christ and baptism, being raised to walk in, in new life. And so each of us who have been baptized, it's one of those things where we get to celebrate and remember in our own selves um, of, 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 of Jesus doing that work, the Spirit drawing us um, and us, us trusting in Christ and so that we're a new creation now. Um, one of the other things that we do um, each week at Cross Crosspoint um, is the Lord's Supper, um, another sacrament where we, we remember what, um, what Jesus did in our place, um, and so, I'm going to pray, and we're going to continue in worship. Um, we're going to transition into um, the Lord's Supper, and so, after I pray, we'll have people pass um, the elements, and then we'll, um, we'll take and eat and drink after that. Father, we, uh, we thank you for who you are. Um, God, we thank you that, um, God, that you have uh, God, opened our eyes and our hearts to see um, who you are. God, that we are... Um, God, those of us who who have trusted in you, God, have seen. Um, God, you've opened our eyes to see our sin and our wickedness, and um, God, our rebellion against a holy and and righteous God. Um, God, and you've you've shown us the the good news of Jesus, that Jesus died in our place and did what we could not do, that no amount of works could do. Um, and so, God, we uh, we pray that um, God, as we take. Take part in the supper as we take part in in um, celebrating baptism. God, we wouldn't be going through the motions. That God, we would, um, God, we would. Um, it would be a beautiful time of worship. God, to remember um, what you've done. God, through this 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 new covenant in Christ, um, this this better, um, complete covenant of Jesus' blood. And so, God, we pray that you would uh, God help us to remember that. God, remember our identity um, in Christ that we're set apart from. Um, the world, because we've been bought by the blood of Jesus. Um, We thank you and love you, Jesus' name, amen.